We aren't just fighting for ourselves. We're fighting for a world in which it's safe to live. Words coming from a Ukrainian historian who still lives in the capital city, Kiev. Two years, February 24, the second anniversary of Russia's invasion. It was supposed to be over in three days, that initial Russian invasion of Ukraine. But this was no blitzkrieg. That's never been Russian warfare. Wear them down, and in this case, Western support will wither. That same historian says Russia likes to kill the defenseless and helpless in the middle of the night. If you can't win at the front, launch missiles at hospitals, high-rise apartments, train stations, and schools. Literally millions displaced, families separated, children captured and disappearing into Russian motherland. At the same time, in the middle of the war, Christ has been at work. People reading the Bible like never before. People meeting Jesus like never before. So even as war continues, Christ is on the move. It was shortly before 5 a.m. in Ukraine, two February 24ths ago, when Russian troops first crossed the border and invaded the nation that once belonged to what was called the Soviet Union. On the 21st of January, 1990, over 300,000 Ukrainians organized a human chain for Ukrainian independence between Kyiv and Lviv. The people voted overwhelmingly by referendum to become an independent state after the communist country collapsed. Since then, war broke out two years ago. This is a special haven today that we're calling gospel progress in Ukraine. I'm Charles Morris, and with me again in the studio is our new president, David Wolin. Well, Charles, I'm glad we're talking about this today. This is a serious topic, but two years, a lot of tragedy in this time, and it's good to look back and see how the Lord has used it for his glory. It's an amazing story. It certainly is. And here on this special program, we think back on that two weeks that we broadcast from that part of the world as war broke out. For two weeks, we preached two points coming out of Psalm 31. Pray boldly for those displaced. Pray boldly that God would turn the Russian army around and send it home. And one other point, David, I might add that we made every day, which has certainly been answered. Pray that people out of this war will come to faith in Christ Jesus. And the Lord has answered that prayer many times over. So in the next few minutes, we'll be looking at how the gospel has advanced through two particular ministries close to Haven, and they've been there in country doing hard but profitable work for the sake of the gospel. And of course, we're talking about FEBC and Mission Eurasia, making a difference for Jesus. And we'll also be joined by some dear friends from Ukraine in a moment. But first, I want to let you know that We've had something special for our listeners on our weekday program and still have today. It's called Notes from the Valley, a spiritual travelogue through cancer by Andy McQuitty. We still have it for your gift to support the ministry of Haven. And for anyone facing a serious diagnosis or walking alongside someone else who is, this is an important book that's going to help you stay close to Jesus through your dark valley or their dark valley. You can make your gift after the program to Haven Today and ask for this book. Just go to haventoday.org, haventoday.org. 
org. Or certainly you can call us at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. If you didn't get that and you want the book, don't worry, we'll repeat it later on the program. But now, let's get started with Matt Boswell and Matt Papa. By grace we have been saved, and by grace we shall proclaim to the corners of the earth that Christ is come.
This is Haven Today. I'm David Wolin here with Charles Morris. And uh, that was uh, the Mats, as some call them, Matt Boswell and Matt Papa singing Let the Nations Be Glad. Well, David and I are with Christian broadcasters coming from Nashville, Christian radio stations, ministries with Christians coming from all over the world together. One ministry here, FEBC, another ministry we raised funds for two years ago, Mission Eurasia, thousands of boxes of food and Bibles given away. The president of Mission Eurasia is Sergei Rukuba. Caught up with him, and I asked him, Sergei, just share one story with us two years later. Maybe a story of lives changed for Christ. Charles, you know, there are over 12 million families. They had to find a safe place, you know, refugees displayed, you know, so that they had to run for their safety. And this one uh, particular family, you know, Victor with his uh, two young daughters, you know, two girls, you know, aged like 10 and 13, mm-hmm. when they already realized the Russians are advancing, you know, so they're bombing in their town, and the col- uh, column of, you know, tanks, you know, is just approaching. He says, I just decided to just put my kids in the car, not putting much stuff and kind of gathering, you know, so... But just start driving. Just started driving west, because we knew farther west. That's where people were running to, yes. you know, so there were miles and miles and miles. That's where two years ago you and I together saw thousands, thousands of kids and moms crossing the border, the train station, the land border crossings. Yes. So... Victor was driving with his two girls, but where was his wife? Uh, yeah, his share. I mean, his wife died, you know, a few weeks prior. Wow. You know, it was a cancer, you know, so it was a tragedy in a family. Kids lost their mom. You know, kids are crying. He says mm-hmm. there was uncertainty, anxiety, fear in our car. And they just simply ask us as a question. Daddy, do you know if God is there? If God is there why this war is happening, why all these people are running, why people get killed, why our mom died. Mm-hmm. And he says, I could not find an answer, say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And been ignorant, you know, so, and they're just, you know, kids are trying to talk. He says, we come to the crossroad and then we see a sign. And they say, the local church, everybody's running, but the local church in a town of Cherkasy, that's about like maybe 200 miles west from uh, uh, Kiev. So on the crossroad, they just simply just boil and give hot tea to people, to all these kind of refugees Mm -hmm. and bread. And mm-hmm. his, I mean, the simple sandwiches, you know. So, mm-hmm. so yes, we did stop. He says, I'm a proud man. You know, I'm not taking anything. I'm well off. I have money, although not much to buy anything. He says, kids took it. And then again, talk and says, who are these people? You know, who are these people? There is a church, you know, so they represent some kind of church. It was a sign, the local church, you know, was the evangelical church in that town. He says, we're driving, keep talking, come to Chernivtsi. And that's where Mission Eurasia already started one of those, you know, eye care refugee mm-hmm. assistance centers through mm-hmm. which we distributed those eye care food packages, you know, food. so you, yes. you've seen, you remember. You yes, know, so we helped you raise money for that, yes. Eye care boxes, you know, we had a copy of scripture, whatever we had there. Hey, you put the deliver. word of God in there too with the yeah. word. 
And he says, and we raise our eyes, and there are a line of people standing in line, you know, getting something, you know. So they walked inside. I'm waiting for them. He says, just make sure, you know, so they don't get in trouble. And so he says, they're not there five, ten minutes. Fifteen minutes later, they come out, you know, and there is a guy behind them carrying that box, kind of holding, you know, so them, you know, so helping, you know, so that box to get my car. And I'm just, he says, what's going on? They brought that box full of food and so they hold you know some kind of book nicely designed that was our action bible Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. you know copy Mm -hmm. of that children's Mm -hmm. new testament and just kind of uh, interrupting each other you know they start talking daddy daddy this is all about god here he says and that's when i broke down you know so they shared all what happened they've talked to they were cared for they were offered help, support. They were invited to come to a place. You know, they helped them to find uh, a stay. I mean, a place where they could stay. So Victor and those two girls are the most active volunteers now at the center in Chernivtsi. They lost their house back in Kiev. Victor accepted Christ. You know, so he is part of that local church. You know, so there, and this is one of. I don't know, one of hundreds of thousands of stories, uh, Charles. So God is working, giving hope to those who are suffering. Sergei Rikuba, President of Mission Eurasia. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this is Haven Today, and I'm David Wolin, and this is a special program here on the second anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine. And and Charles, we caught up with another ministry partner here in Nashville, uh, a friend of mine, Victor Aktaroff, who is the director over the entire Eurasia area. And he shared with us how the Lord got this ministry, this significant radio ministry, off the ground in Ukraine just before the beginning of the first part of the war, which actually was back in about 2013-2014. Yes, yes. We started uh, in 2013, a year before the initial invasion happened. And then, of course, today we have eight stations. We have 10, but two of them are destroyed um, by, by the war. Yeah. Um, but eight of them are being used by God in tremendous ways. Yeah. And the important thing isn't necessarily how many radio towers there are. The important thing is that there are radio pastors. There are people in each of your locations that are sharing the gospel on the air, on the ground, And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of Ukrainian people listening. But it's not the same as Christian radio here in North America, is it? It's very different. One of the main differences is our audience. And this is a deliberate kind of approach. Uh, We are focusing on non-Christians. Um, and that's, um, unfortunately, it's still more than 90% of the Ukrainian people, people who never stepped into an evangelical church. So we are missionary radio. We are talking to them. We are speaking their language. And uh, our main focus always Jesus Christ. But we speak about Jesus to people who know nothing about him. And here on the two-year anniversary of Russia's invasion into Ukraine, one of the things that we're really interested in hearing about is how the Lord's using, as he so often does in history, using the hardest things, the, the greatest kind of suffering yet to, to redeem that moment for the kingdom, for the gospel, and draw people to himself. And that's what's happened. As, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, David, I, I've been in ministry for now 33 years. I've never seen God work in such an amazing way and on such a scale as he's working today in Ukraine. Um, the war has done all the pre-evangelistic work for us. Uh, so sometimes we just... Our broadcasters, like Sergei, he loves to do that. Um, yes. He's now serving as, as a chaplain. So he just opens the Bible, sits behind the mic, and starts reading the Psalms. And, and people are responding. And, and people are saying, this is resonating with me. Is this the Bible? Uh, why haven't I ever read this before? This is amazing. I feel like God is talking to me. God so we, is talking we, to you. Exactly. It's the word of God. Exactly. So, uh, and, and then, of course, what's happening to the families? Millions of families have been separated uh, for various reasons. People are serving in the army. People are being um, refugees within Ukraine, out of Ukraine. And those are not hundreds of thousands. Those are millions of people. And we are ministering to them, and they are ready to listen and they don't know what to do with their lives um, they don't have uh, a normal life anymore yeah. so uh, and so many divorces yeah. so many problems within the families but as soon as we start speaking to those people speaking the words of life to them they respond That's and right. they respond by the thousands by the thousands by the thousands we just looked uh, in the past few months uh, and we have we have two thousand documented conversions those are the people that we talked to that our counselors led them to christ mm. and connected them to a local church wow and uh so many more people who we don't know or right. we had the superficial contact with but people who listen to to the program and they listen everywhere wow wow and you just mentioned that the Lord's also using chaplains, and, and one of them is Sergei Nakul, who we were talking with early on on Haven two years ago as the invasion began. How is that affecting the advance of the gospel in Ukraine? Uh, I, I was talking to Sergei yesterday, and um, it was interesting to see. I asked him those questions, how, how did your programs change? Um, because you, you can feel it's, mm. it's a different kind of approach. And he said, you, you have to change. You don't even notice it. But when you're sitting next to a soldier who just lost his, his leg and you're sharing Jesus with him, and then you go and sit behind the mic, you are a different person. Yes. Uh, when, when you see so many people, uh, people dying, uh, so many people uh, who are angry at God, so many people who don't understand why this is happening, and, and you present the gospel to them, looking into their eyes, and then you sit behind the microphone and you imagine those people and you share Jesus with those hurting people. Now, millions of people who are listening and um, it's a different kind of program. And people feel that it, it's, it's, it is real. It is coming from the heart. Uh, we don't have all the answers, but, but we have um, Jesus to share. Yes. We have the reality of the gospel to share. And, and people feel that uh, our broadcasters are going through the same thing that, that they are going through. Yes. And, uh, and that um, creates an amazing response. Well, thank you for sharing with us. And we have a clip from Sergey who recorded a greeting for Haven's listeners today. I think we should just close our time listening to that. But Victor, thank you for sharing with us and for the work that you and your team are doing during such a difficult time. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you for giving us the voice and this connection to the church in America. Dear Heaven friends, I couldn't have imagined three years ago that I would be serving as a chaplain in the 
Ukrainian army. But God had his own plans, and uh, here I am. The spiritual needs in the army are so acute. The horrors of war are unimaginable for an outside observer. I'm so grateful to God that I can serve those who suffer greatly. Here, like nowhere else, the power of God's word is on display. I can see firsthand how his word is healing broken hearts and how Jesus is restoring crushed lives. As I'm serving, I can still be a broadcaster. Whenever I come to Kiev, I go to the studio and sit behind the mic. As I share the principles of God's word, I now have a much deeper understanding of uh, human suffering. And I see the futility of human efforts to bring comfort to those who are in pain. Only God's word can heal. Only Jesus can heal. Thank you for praying for us, friends. And please pray for those in Ukraine who are yet to hear the good news. Well, what a powerful reminder for us to remember our brothers and sisters in Eastern Europe in our prayers and to keep praying that those who don't yet know Christ would see their own mortality in the face of war and embrace the immortal Christ, the one who was and is and is to come. Charles, would you mind praying for Ukraine and, and Russia and Poland and all of the countries that are affected right now in Eastern Europe by this war? Yes, that would be good if we pray. Would you join me wherever you are right now? Our Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer today just as we were doing on this program two years ago. And Lord, uh, ultimately our prayer two years ago is still our prayer that we're still praying today, but we thank you that we are seeing fruit being born, that people caught up in this war would come to faith in Christ Jesus. And we're getting so many stories that that's happening. We also pray boldly for those who are still displaced, those who have had to flee their homeland, for these families that have been torn apart. And we pray for those who still grieve and everybody in Ukraine is grieving for somebody. I would also like to pray boldly that you would turn this war around and make it end soon. And Lord, through all of this, remind us that you are our place of safety. You are our rock. Whatever we're doing, whatever we're facing right now, but we pray that especially for the people in Eastern Europe. Lord, we are nothing apart from you, but with you, we have everything. And so we pray this now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is Haven Today, in a special program called Gospel Progress in Ukraine. And we know the Lord is always at work, constantly building his kingdom, redeeming sinners one generation after another. But also, and especially, in parts of the world where the gospel message is less known. And so, whether the spiritual growth is happening in an entire nation or individually in your own life, it's amazing how God often uses the hardest trials, the the deepest kinds of suffering in this life to minister the grace of Christ more deeply. It's a blessing that only God knows how to give in his wisdom, in his sovereign care. And so today, as the growth of the church, as the expansion of the gospel in Ukraine has accelerated so much since the war began and our friends today and their stories showed that so clearly. But you know what? That same principle is at work. This same savior is at work when he calls us to walk with him through any 
dark valley. The Lord is with us. Mm. And earlier this week, we had several guests with us sharing their journeys of following Christ through cancer. Uh, I was so touched, David, by different people writing into us. And there was this one note that came in from Cynthia sharing her own journey of following Jesus through cancer. And she wrote and said to us, I'm doing my best to redeem whatever time is left to make a difference for him. That's frameable. Mm. (laughs) What a testimony to what the Lord can do and wants to do through all of us. And it's with that same heart that Andy McWitty wrote his book, Notes from the Valley, a spiritual travelogue through cancer, which we're still offering through today as our way of saying thank you to you as a Haven listener for making your gift to support this ministry, to keep the great story that's all about Jesus on the airwaves across North America and around the world. You can make your gift online today at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 865-HAVEN. I'm Charles Morris. And I'm David Wolin. And thank you for joining us on this special program. Won't you come back again next time as together again we get to share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your walk with Jesus, I'm David Wolin with Haven Today, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's commonly known that people like Paul and Peter and others wrote letters to the early church. But did you know that Jesus also wrote letters to churches? In Revelation chapters 2 and 3, there are seven letters to seven churches in Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. The number of churches is intentional. Seven, the number of completion. So in a very real sense, these letters are for all of us today. And the first letter was written to the Ephesians. They were doing many things right, like not tolerating false teaching, but one thing was surprisingly lacking. It says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Good theology must go hand in hand with love for Jesus. Grow in your walk. Visit GetAnchor.com.